What's up, everybody? MTB Trigger and Ronald here for a quick one for you this week. We wanted to go over the patch notes to talk about what's coming in this wipe, which is going to be live in the next day or two at the time of this recording. So we kind of wanted to take a few minutes, go over what battle state is changing. Some of these are very minor things. Some of these could be kind of major things. But our goal is to kind of give you an overview, something you can listen to or you can watch on YouTube to kind of see what's going on and then how it affects your gameplay. So let's get started. Here we go. 12.6. Here we go. 12.6. All right, Escapers. This is on the official Escape from Tarka forums, and this is the patch notes posted by The Way. It's also been tweeted out by them as well, so you can find it in several places. All right, here we go. So what are we adding? We're adding a CAPTCHA to the flea market. Now, I thought this was super interesting. So if there's suspicious actions at the flea market and in the trade, a CAPTCHA may appear. If you enter the CAPTCHA incorrectly three times, the account will be blocked from accessing the flea market for five minutes, after which you will need to enter the CAPTCHA again to buy an item. Each subsequent three times incorrect entry will increase the time of the ban. Access to the trade will not be banned, but it will require entering the CAPTCHA. So this first change I think is fantastic because for everyone who has had the impression that there's bots, and I'm sure that there is, this is going to really reduce the amount of that. Now, the question really I have for you, Trigger, is do you think that this would be checked on a false check or a false flag for this? Or I mean, I, I don't really see this being much more than just a bot irritant. I think this is purely a bot irritant. I mean, if you are legitimately playing the game, you've come across situations where you literally can't buy something because it just keeps getting snatched and it keeps getting reset over and over. I just laugh at this because if you're legitimately playing, you're not spending a ton amount of time in the auction house, flea market, whatever you want to call it. The only people this really hurts is somebody who really spends a lot of time flipping items. But even then, if this reduces the number of bots in the flea market, that should help that person because they're going to be dealing with a larger percentage of legit people and legit transactions. So that's really the only players that it hurts a lot. Everyone else is just a minor annoyance. If this is what gets bots out of the flea market or at least stops a bunch of them, awesome. Do it. Yes, I like it. Yep, I like the change too. I really do think it's going to slow down the botting. As we talked about in our interview with Veritas, the only way to really bot is to hack the front-end interface for the game because there is no API. Knowing that, I can say that I think this is really going to slow down the botting because the front-end interface is going to present a CAPTCHA. So it'll be really interesting to see what the CAPTCHA is because CAPTCHAs can be defeated through OCR programs, kind of like, you know, scanning to text and then understanding what the text says. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes, but I think this is a really good change. All right, next up, we got all stashes for all editions have been increased by two rows plus 20 cells. Boom. Yes. That is awesome. I don't think anybody's going to be mad about that. Yeah, but you've got to look at it that standard users are gaining a significant percentage more room, and that's amazing. So I have the EOD version, so this is just more room for me to pack stuff into, which is awesome. But awesome. Standard users get more cells. That's amazing. That's a great change. Yep. I like this too, because I think in this wipe, we're going to be hoarding more things because of the found and rate change. So if that turns out to be the case... You're going to need a little bit of extra space. And my guess is that in their testing, they found that out. And that's why this is in there. Right. So, yep, good stuff. Good stuff all the way around there. 
All right, improve the display of objects in thermal imaging. In the thermal imagers now, as in real life, it is impossible to spot through glass. <laughs> this cracks me up because it says improved the display of objects. <laughs> it's the way the way they frame this is cracking me up because they're trying to say it's like a buff, but, but in reality, it's a huge nerf to thermals. Frankly, this is probably really good. And I didn't know this is how they work in real life. But one of the most frustrating things was being able to not see out of glass or have a very blurry viewpoint. But if you have a thermal on the outside and you're looking in, like if you're on the north side of resort, on shoreline and you have a thermal and you can see everything going on through all of those windows. So this is probably going to be a really big nerf to thermal users. And I think this is probably a pretty good change, honestly. I think it's a good thing. I don't think thermal should work that far into a building. I tend to agree, even though this will hamper my, my rat play style a little bit for sniping people. You just got to wait till they come out. <laughs> Yeah, or charge in and kill them, right? That's one of True. the things. So, you know, it, it, it's good. It's good. All right. Ability to lean while prone. This to me is super interesting. So they teased this, I think, two Tarkov TV episodes ago. And it's kind of like the ability to roll, I think, is what it looks like, where you kind of like roll and look. So I don't know what it's going to do to your crosshairs or if it's just going to truly be like a lean peak. I don't know. I think this is going to be really cool. And it's one of those things where as I'm sitting there thinking about it, when I prone and look down a hallway, there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I need to be just like two inches over so I have the angle that I want. And I think this is just going to remove some of that frustration that it seems like you should be able to do this anyway, because you can already control the angle of your lean. And now this is going to let you do that in the prone position a little bit, which it just kind of makes sense with how dynamic the lean system is in Tarkov anyway. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think this is going to be fun to play with and add in. All right, next thing. Added the first iteration of Steam Audio aimed at improving the positioning of sound in-game. It can be turned on because it's off by default. And so it can be turned on in the game settings menu. So what do you think about that? This this could be a big change. Yeah, I mean, this is just the probably most exciting one for me to check out. And also, I just don't know. But if it's improving the positional sound, you know, the two things that are really challenging for me in Tarkov is figuring out the verticality of a sound, whether it's up a floor, two floors, or if I'm on the bottom floor of the office or under the office area on factory, is it one floor up, two floor ups or whatever. And furthermore, it's the 180 degrees. So sometimes you'll hear something that's perfectly in front of you and you can't tell whether it's in front or behind. So I'm curious how this is going to affect that. I would say that's also the big thing I'm really curious about as well. It's difficult to know exactly. Factory is a great example. Shoreline's an interesting example too. When you're in resort, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes if someone's, you know, two floors above you or exactly. And so I personally am going to turn this on. I think this will match kind of more of that game experience from other FPSs that are out there right now. The Steam libraries are a thing that are used in other games. So I'm kind of, I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's going to be different. I imagine if you turn this on, your Tarkov gameplay is going to be weird for a while, but in a good way, I think overall. So I think this is a good change. Yeah. And I wonder if there's going to be maps where I use it and don't, you know, like factory is one where I know basically everything that's going on. And even those questionable spots with vertical audio, it's not a big deal on factory because there's only a couple places it happens, but somewhere like resort or dorms, this could be a massive difference 
and make it either more playable or challenging. I don't know. This is going to be fun to play with. Yeah, it's going to be, I think this is going to be one of the major things in the patch, honestly. And it's one that's not being talked about a lot right now, but I do think this is going to end up being a major change probably next to the flea market, actually. Yeah. All right. Now you can't sell items that were not found in raid on the flea market, which we've talked about extensively on the Xville podcast. This rule will not apply to weapons. Interesting. Very. I'm curious why you think it's interesting. (laughs) I think it's interesting because I think a lot of people disassemble their weapons and at a certain point they sell the parts to traders, but they sell the guns on the flea market. And I think that without this change, the supply of guns to use presets would be so low that before you have unlocked all the traders, there just wouldn't be enough out there. What do you think? I think that that qualifier, this rule will not apply to weapons, could be the sort of backdoor that, I'm not going to say the backdoor that hatchet runners are looking for, but I think it's a backdoor that economy-focused people may explore a lot. And the reason I say that is I'm wondering if it applies to attachments that you didn't find in raid that you attach to a weapon that you can now sell. While you may not be able to run in and grab a red labs card and die, maybe in the course of you running around, you find a thermal scope or you find a expensive attachment. And so the new economy meta might be to attach that to a weapon and sell it. I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing because it definitely requires a lot more thought and knowledge of all the attachments because there's hundreds of them. This is kind of a very interesting thing depending how it plays out. I'm curious to see if it allows attaching a not found in raid attachment to a gun and selling it and what that could mean. So I'm going to read the next one. When combining stacks of items found in raid with items not found in raid, All items will receive not found in raid status. But it's saying the rule doesn't apply to weapons, so I think the point still holds. I thought you trumped me, but now I'm not convinced. I think this has to do with ammo. It might, but I I think still, I think my previous point stands, though, because it's saying that the not found in raid will not apply to weapons. So we don't know if it's weapons or the attachments. So still interesting to me. I I thought you had me cornered for not reading down further. (laughs) I think you could be correct. What's going to be interesting if the economy meta turns into something like you said. However, we're just going to have to play with it and kind of see how this actually plays out in kind of in-game. All right. Items that are placed in a secure container get the status found in raid only when you exfil the location with the status survived. Run-through is not counted. So this is interesting to me. I do not like this change. I think one of the interesting things about it is what is a run-through versus what is survived. They did make a change that I was reading about that as long as you're in the raid for 10 minutes, it's not a run-through, which I actually like because I don't think you should be forced to have to necessarily do PvP to get survived. I I don't like that because I don't think that that's a good change. What do you think? I actually agree with you. I think that surviving is hard enough in this game, so you should be rewarded for surviving if that's your playstyle. I think PvP is hard enough in this game that you should be rewarded for successfully PvPing. I think the combination of all of this works because the next lines is when you exit with the status run through or death, all items in your inventory that you brought out lose the found and raid status. Everything is pointing to what I kind of hoped for which is that surviving and exiting successfully a raid is the most important thing. 
I, like you, think that 10-minute survival thing is key because it allows the stealthy gamer to get in, get out, and be rewarded for not being spotted or killed. And I think that's a very, very good change that may move the gray line that we've talked about on some of the episodes back towards being good for casual players or or players that like to play more like a rat. Just because you're a casual doesn't mean you don't like PvP. I just think that the gray line was moving more towards the aggressive players. And, and this one, actually, this is, this is a really good equalizer for this found and raid change. Actually, really, really good. I'm glad they did that. Yep, I think so too. I think it's going to be something that may end up balancing out some of these changes that we're seeing. If you enter a raid with items that have the found and raid status, the items lose this status. I thought this already happened. So this may just be a clarification because they're changing so much, but I think this is how it works now. So Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure on that. So we'll have to see. When buying an offer from the flea market, the item also loses the found and raid status. Now that is interesting to me. I don't necessarily mind that. I'm I, I'm trying to think of a situation where that totally is going to mess things up. It doesn't affect the questing system. No, it makes sure that the flea market doesn't ruin the questing system. That's why that exists, I think. Right. It just means you can't turn around and sell that back on the flea market. Yeah. This is their way to try to manipulate the economy. And this is going to kind of get rid of the buy low, sell high So like this is during the drops events where we would make tons of money with people flooding their drops on the market just to get rubles. We would buy those and then turn flip them a day or two later and double the price of them. Mm -hmm. This is going to completely get rid of that strategy for the economy. It's really going to control the supply and quantity of items on the flea market, which really makes the pricing a much more interesting concept as you're posting stuff because you really don't want to mess up. But furthermore, if you misprice something, someone's not just going to buy it to flip it. So (laughs) you may have more time before it gets uh, snagged. Yeah, it's all going to be more expensive. That's just what it's going to come down to. Scarcity breeds more cost. Uh, The quest reward obtained by completing a quest crafted in the hideout, the drops, and the items obtained through the scab box will have found and raid status, and that's the way it is today. It's good to clarify it, though, because, again, everything's changing here, so good. I'm glad for that because, you know, some of the crafted stuff like OFZs coming out of a scab junk box or whatever, or a scab, um, the scab case in your hideout is really nice because... There's some really hard to find items you can get that way. So yep. I'm glad that's remaining. Side note, they call it a quest, not a task. <laughs> Ooh, we're right. Yep. <laughs> Actually, so, in game, there's a spot where it says quest too, I think. I think it, I think that's pretty funny coming from the MMO background that we have. So all of Fence's goods will not have the found and raid status. I think that's probably fine. Oh, uh, It would be abused if it wasn't that way. Fence is fence, right? A large number of UI layout and edits, UI bug fixes. That's good. There's a lot of weird things that they should fix every time they do a wipe. The resource of items, fuel, medicine is now displayed in the flea market interface. This is a great change, in my opinion. Two thumbs up from me. Although I don't know about selling, it may not be that important now that you can only sell things that are found in raids. So going to be interesting to see how much that actually matters. But if they do reverse that change, it's a important one, in my opinion. 
I think it's just as important now because if you're buying fuel or selling fuel, you want to get the value associated with how much is in it. And the same with like an IFAC or whatever. Like you don't want to buy an IFAC with one hit point unless you're trying to craft, but you'd want to basically pay for what that's worth. In the same sense, you don't want to buy a metal fuel can without fuel in it if you're looking to put it in your generator. So this is a really, really good change. Uh, now the currency icons at the flea market are colored differently. I actually think that's going to be a cool change. Dollars, rubles, whatever, you know, it's all going to be, euro is going to be colored differently. So I actually think that's a good change, especially for folks who are, you know, may have a hard time distinguishing the symbols or whatever. It's It's good. I think that's a good change. It's just going to prevent people from being scammed on the flea market or moving too quickly. Again, I've experienced that and it's not fun. I think it's a good change. Yep. Five new parts for the AR-15 and M4 not available from the merchants. You will have to search for them on locations and in the inventory of bots. Oh, five new parts. It wasn't five existing parts. I was like, yep. what? what? <laughs> gotcha. Okay, cool. I mean. It's going to be super rare, right? So it's going to be interesting. Did they talk about M4 or AR-15 parts on a podcast recently? Like, I don't even know what these are. I'm not sure what they are either. New character tops and bottoms for Bear and Usek and Scav. So just different looks, which I think is kind of cool. Always good. New gear with no specification. So that'll be interesting. New armor, probably new tack rig, stuff like that. Optimizations, various CPU optimizations, sound optimizations like we're talking about with Steam Sound. Optimization of casing and muzzle flashes. That's going to be interesting. Or optimizing the creation of decals, which... Not 100% sure what that means. It could be just in the way they're rendered. AI improvements. Improved behavior of ordinary scavs. Now they can cooperate. That's going to be fun. Fixed a bug. When a player falls into the bot's legs, the bot can't hit him. Fixed a bug where Gluhar and his guards did not react to the enemy. Fixed a bug where Gluhar did not react to shots and the death of his guards. Fixed a bug where I think that's supposed to be Sherman's guards. That's how you spell Sherman, actually. Is it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> go, go, copywriters. <laughs> Shout out to the one heart. He would appreciate this. <laughs> Fixed a bug where Sherman's guards did not take their positions. The Sherman guards will no longer rush between points while they are in peaceful behavior which I think that's actually kind of interesting. Bots no longer attack a player scav who has killed another player scav. Now that to me is an interesting change. I don't want to gloss over that. Interesting. So when you're a player scav and you take out another player scav, but does that mean that if you take out a regular scav, they're still going to attack you, but a player scav, they're going to leave you alone? It seems that way, but they said that you kill another player scav the aggressor and i thought this was already the way it worked was that if somebody shot at you as a player scav and you were also a player scav and you ended up killing them i didn't think the bots attacked you i do th i think they did because on shoreline that happened to me more than once scaving you get attacked by a scav Interesting. Yeah, well, this is good then. I mean, that makes sense. Like, you shouldn't be punished for defending yourself against another player. Increased variety of bot patrol routes on locations. I love this because the scav patrol routes right now are so predictable on the open maps. I can get around shoreline and get all the positions of superiority on all the scavs, all of them, 
and just take them out. And that gets boring. I'd love to have some variety in that and be snuck up on and whatever. I do too. And I think what I would say though, is if you're newer or brand new to the game, you need to be really cautious when using the third party maps because they typically show you scav spawns or scav patrol routes. And those are going to change dramatically, I would imagine. When they say increased variety of the routes, that means there's probably a couple of set routes, which means the scavs are going to end up in very different spots. And that's, again, I think that's a good thing. I think switching this up from time to time is good because it's going to change the experience. But for a new player, just be cautious on those maps because they're probably not going to have all of the patrols and they may eliminate those patrols from the maps because they might not uh, be easy to quote unquote calculate now. So be aware. Yep. All right. Let's get into just the fixed pile here. Holy cow. A bug where the border of the interface elements were twitching. That happened to me. So that's cool. The mastering counter is now updated during the raid. I actually love this change. What does that mean? Like your skills? I took it to mean skills. Maybe it doesn't. If it does mean skills, I really like that change because when I was leveling strength, when I was walking around the edge of shoreline over burden, leveling strength to get the hideout, you would get through the raid. If I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, so we can have someone Tell me I'm wrong in the comments, but I remember not necessarily knowing how far my strength went up during the raid until it was over. Great change if this is the case. I mean, either way, it just seems like if you go in chucking grenades and you want to know how much strength you're getting for that, it'd be nice to know that you can see it happening. I didn't really ever grind skills because I was fortunate enough to be beyond the hideout requirements when they reset strength and endurance so i didn't need to focus on it but man that must have been really frustrating if you didn't know the progress during the raid the whole thing was frustrating one of the bugs where player did not hear the fall of the grenade yep that'd be bad now hold on though that's suggesting there's multiple (laughs) they fixed one of them (laughs) sorry it just cracks me up the way that's written (laughs) <laughs> Which means there's still bugs where the, you're not going to hear the grenade coming to kill you. I love I love Beta Tarkov. Oh, that's great. Ripples in the FLIR thermal imager which is true. That did have a bunch of weird situation there. Bug that would cause inability to open the inspector of items on quest items. Okay. One of the bugs of incorrect calculation of the amount of money when purchasing an item. That happened to me multiple times. Bug when a grenade would not fly through the window if you threw it too close to the window. Watched plenty of Reddit videos of people dying to that. Yep. A bug where the character could pass through obstacles if the player would switch to melee weapons while checking the weapon's fire mode. I never did that, so to me sounds like an exploit that they fixed. A bug when the image in the inactive optics was frozen if several sites were installed. And that definitely happened to me. Me too. This is a good fix because the fix was easy in game. You just had to unscope and scope back in. And it would often be fixed from there on out. But not cool if the first time you scoped in was to shoot at somebody. A bug of inability to complete the quest if the player lost connection to the server at the time of selecting the quest item. Oh, this is great because this actually happened to me more than once. It was frustrating. I'm glad they fixed this. A bug when the site image was frozen after reconnect. That happened to me more than once as well. Really? Yep. So when you go to scope in and it's just, um, it's like it's solid. You can't look around. Huh. It's like the scope graphic got stuck. And it wasn't fixed after unscoping? Nope. Yikes. Visor audibility 
sounds, prone movement, third person character, shortness of breath, fix at the flea market, layering of the of the offer description in flea market UI, awesome. Bug of deducting twice the number of items from the merchant when buying two items, awesome. Bug of overlapping the drop-down list filters with elements of the offer list interface, awesome. <laughs> Improved display of the purchase limit, thank you. Displaying the maximum number of items when purchasing a single offer with multiple items, thank you. Inability to buy several items for barter, thank you. <laughs> I mean, great, whatever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So say, you know, use the flea market a lot. Yeah. Those things come up. That's true. All right. Fixed and presets. Bug for selecting blocked offers. If you put a checkbox when purchasing the items for a preset, select all. Great. That I really like. Yes. That's a great change. Flea market interface block when purchasing preset items as a result of an error. Yes. Yes. Various other fixes. Fantastic. Great change. All good changes. When a bug, when a character could move to a prone position while jumping. Hmm, that's interesting. Never considered that a bug. If you just jump in prone. Blocking the examining of items if the player has started examining an item in the handbook. Okay. I didn't know that you... <laughs> I was going to make a joke here that I didn't know players use the handbook, but I know that you use that early on, so I actually don't want to poke too much fun at that, but I think there's a point where... I, I guess here's a question. Do you still use the handbook? Yeah. Okay. I, I, it is It is interesting for gun parts. Gun parts are the big thing I like to look at in there. Cool. Movement bug. When a character could increase their speed as a result of running and jumping. Didn't know about that. So, yeah, there's a timing thing. So, commonly referred to bunny hopping in most games. There's a way that if you timed it right, you could actually gain a lot of speed doing this, especially if you had high strength and endurance. Actually, I don't think in endurance matter but strength increase the height of your jump the speed all that kind of stuff so i wonder if this is removing bunny hopping which was very much a thing a bug where the reconnect while indoors led to the fact that all sounds were not switched as indoor sounds this happened to me a few times it's really weird it'd be like inside of interchange and the rain sound was as if you were outside yeah and you couldn't hear anything a bug when there was no animation for a melee attack while prone. Who figured that one out? What are you? Who are you whacking when you're when you're playing? That's down? a that's a bad day. Anyways, all the way around there. A bug when a broken visor was visible against the background of the preset or modification screens in the hideout. I've had that happen. It's annoying. Spamming AI error on the server related to searching the bot's path. Don't know about that. Spamming error on the client, graphics that copy texture called null destination texture when opening inventory. That's actually happened to me. Lack of sound when switching magnification on some scopes. That's never happened to me. It has for me, and if you're in a fight, you may not realize it, but you often will use that click as knowing that you are switching your magnifications if you don't have it bound to a key that's easily accessible on your mouse usually. Like if you unscope to do that button combo, it's, uh, yeah, if you don't get the click, you didn't think you changed it. So handful of times that happened. Error when the storage time of items in the email displayed a negative value when opening the window or receiving the email. Bug that didn't display the list of friends for invite to the group dialogue. That's, yeah, that whole system is kind of buggy. Bug that caused deleted messages to appear in the dialogue after sending new messages. Definitely, definitely saw that. All the time. Fixed incorrect position of the old school bottom clothing icon. 
Various other bug fixes, a large number of fixes on locations, culling fixes, physical colliders, visual bugs. There's a couple of physical colliding glitches on Shoreline. I'm super curious if they fixed. Various localization edits, so that's down to like, you know, which localization of the game you're playing. So if you're playing like the NA version or the Russian version or the whatever version, that's what localization means. Various fixes in the animation system, various network fixes, that's interesting. A large number of various technical fixes aimed at increasing the stability of the game, which I think everybody's just going to have a a resounding clap for that. I feel like that's in every patch, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Every every patch is, you know, fixed various bug fixes, right? Yeah. All right. Last section, change. Remove the audio notification about the completion of crafting during the raid. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Whenever the spam uh, box would tell me that the scavs are back, the scav box, not the spam box, and that, that would come up, it always made me jump. <laughs> right. Now you can't throw grenades while sprinting. Yeah, because that used to just drop them at your feet. Which is, yep. I'm glad no. that is not a thing now. Not a good plan. Change the conditions of the status survived. Now you need to stay in the raid for at least 10 minutes or gain at least 600 XP before leaving the location. I love this change. I yep. think this is a good change. It's the ore on there that is that makes it a good change. I think this was needed. I mean, the more we talked about the found and raid stuff, the more I was concerned about it. And this one sort of redeems that entire system. I think the entire system could work now very well. Again, it's not asking people to play in a radically different way than they already do. And it's going to be necessary for this next one. Increase the amount of experience required in the first 20 levels. I don't know how this is going to go for new players. It's already a grind for new players. Yeah. If they get out of more raids with survived and not run through, they're going to get more experience. I like the change given that they're going to have more XP. The question is, how much more XP? Yeah, this is one where I just don't have a good insight on it because I like to farm factory for experience and kills. So it makes the experience for me, I wouldn't say it's negligible, it's still noticeable, but I hope this isn't a big change because I just don't really see the need for this. Like. Why? What, what What does this do? I mean, the flea market's level 10. So why is there an extra 10 levels of extra experience? I don't quite get it. Simplified Jaeger's quests, which is good. Who knows what that exactly means, but some of them were kind of weird. Changed various old quests and new rewards have been added. Be interesting to see what that exactly is. A large number of rarity edits and chances of item spawns. Now that to me is super interesting. It's going to you know, this is the the red card is always in the same spot scenario. Maybe that's not the case. You know, it, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly what that means. But changing the number of rare edits and the chances of all that stuff where it actually spawns, I think could make the game a lot more fun. I don't read this as the dynamic loot change or where things spawn yet. I think the specific location spawns of like one item, like a red card. I don't know that this is the dynamic change. It seems to me that on the treasure spawns, which would be like the red room or the old gas station table, I think this is more likely to be affecting that. So unless they're adding everything to that like treasure class spawn, which is unlikely, but I wonder if they're moving stuff in and out of that. I'm not sure if this is affecting like the blue key card spawns or the red card spawns or, you know, you go look in this certain spot and there's a fuel conditioner next to a generator. I'm not sure if it's affecting that or if they've just changed what is quote unquote a treasure class item. And we'll have to see. Yeah. 
Increase the variety of items spawned in loot containers. That's cool. I like that. Improve the quality of loot issued for a successful extraction with a friendly scab. Did you ever do that? Um, No. The only time I've ever extracted with somebody that was not in my party was when I found a hatchling on labs and showed him some loot and we exited out of the same elevator. Outside of that, I've never <laughs> recruited a scab and I just I can't even imagine trying this, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, which, by the way, if you want to see that, we have that video up on youtube.com slash now. if you're listening to the audio version of this. It's pretty interesting. Various changes in the characteristics of items, okay? Various changes in the equipment of bots and player scavs. That, to me, is interesting because of how much more dependent we'll be on what the scavs have. I think it's going to be interesting to see what that means. I'm still not convinced about the scarcity of and availability of stuff because there's not going to be as much flipping and hoarding. This whole fine and raid change is just going to be really interesting to me because like part of me thinks that, yeah, you're right, this is going to change it a lot. And the other part of me says, well, there's going to be less bots in the flea market. There's going to be less flipping of items. So I'm wondering how much the availability of stuff's actually going to change. I'm not, I'm not completely sold yet, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And the last one is various changes in loot spawn location points, which I think is good. And this is why I should read the notes before we start talking about it, because maybe maybe dynamic spawn is in. <laughs> well, they don't say they don't say treasure class, right? So they yeah. don't specifically just say, I think that switching up the where loot is will help veteran players have more fun. I'm a fan of dynamic loot because dynamic loot is a way if you're upset about the pistol runners or hatchlings, then dynamic loot also helps that as well. I agree. I think dynamic loot can help all play styles. And now that they're adding in the survive for just being in the raid 10 minutes, like they're adding stuff for all the play styles and everything in between. I mean, if you're a pure rat, you got a little buff here. If you're a pure Chad, kind of got a buff here as well. So dynamic loot could also help both. So I don't know. The fine and rate change may be really good. I think if you take the bots being removed from the flea market, the extra levels of security to make sure it's as many legit transactions as possible, and then you make it truly a scarcity-based flea market by saying fine and rate only, I think the flea market becomes a much more interesting facet of the game. The biggest questions come in, how's it going to affect the leveling experience? especially on a casual player, and on the economy as well. Those are the two major question marks I have. I don't know. I love change. I think it's exciting. I love the tweaking of MMOs, and I consider this an MMO. So this is good. I think this is all good. I feel a lot more comfortable about the find and raid changes having read this. I feel good about the changes. I am probably not as comfortable with you or as optimistic about the find and raid changes. We'll see how this all pans out. I think that overall, there's a lot of good stuff in here. And our goal with this little mini episode of the Xville podcast was to make sure that all of you knew what the patch notes are. Not everyone has time to go find them for one thing or read them all. And what we did here was read every line, gave you a little bit of commentary. So we just want to wrap this up by saying thanks for listening. And this is kind of a episode in between episodes of sorts. We look forward to seeing everybody in Discord and having feedback about how they're doing in the wipe. And of course, look forward to playing with everybody and seeing everybody in game. If you like this, be sure to subscribe to the Xville Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We produce that show weekly. 
And if you want to see this in live person, the talk show version of the show, that's on youtube.com slash xpmedianow, where we not only talked about the Passion Notes tonight, we actually reviewed them on screen. So if that's something that interests you, go check it out there. Beyond that, we just want to say you can find me, Ronald, at Ronald Gaming on the Twitters and inside Discord in the Xville Discord at the top under the host section. Send me a DM there if you have any questions. And Mike, you have any closing thoughts and where can they find you? No closing thoughts. It's kind of fun to go through it and do it this way. It's kind of interesting because I normally scan patch notes and find stuff that's interesting to me personally. So it's kind of good to dig into these. So yeah, if you're looking for me at MTB Trigger on Twitch, Twitter, and available just about all the time on Discord as well. Sounds good. We hope everyone enjoys the patch and we'll catch you on the next one. See ya.